Hello, my name is Amy, and uh, I have a story to tell about um, substance abuse, being a teen mother, um, an alcoholic, uh, self-harm, and all of those kind of uh, difficult subjects <laughs> to discuss about. But um, yeah, and this is pretty much my story about how I came out of all of that. Difficult, but uh, important. Thank you for being open about all these um, subjects, I guess. And thank, thank you for joining the podcast. Um, it's surprising how many people are open about talking about all of these things. So, yeah, I guess we should we can do first things first. Um, maybe just go back to when you were young and, yeah, start from there, I guess. I think so. Okay. I guess everything really took a turn for the worst, I should say, <laughs> about when I was 12 years old. And I had a friend who um, suggested to me, hey, let's go to my uh, uh, dad's garage. Let's go get a beer and a few cigarettes. And I had not never did, done anything like that before, but I decided to say, okay, let's do that. And we have to beer. And I think um, just being so young and not really knowing you could feel different in any way was kind of eye-opening. And um, that's really where things probably started going a little bit downhill. That, that was a good experience for you? Um, at the time, yes. Looking back, if I had a time machine, I probably wouldn't have done that. I'm surprised because, you know, I think most of us did beer and cigarettes when we were young. But I, rem my, I remember my first cigarette. I don't smoke, by the way, but I've had cigarettes when I was a teenager. I think everyone does. For me, it was horrible. Like, it was the most <laughs> disgusting thing. And um, I think it has, it, when I was young, it took me at least five years to be able to drink beer without, like, get, almost gagging because it's bitter. So, you, right. so, so, so straight away, you enjoyed it. Yes, and um, probably more so the cigarettes. I really didn't dabble with uh, alcohol again until maybe maybe about junior high. And then uh, things got pretty rough there because I remember my other friend, uh, peer pressure is a common, <laughs> common thing here. But my other friend said, um, hey, let's put some vodka in our water bottles and just go to school. And that's what we did. <laughs> And I'm not, that's wow. not to say this is something um, I was always doing. This might have been isolated to two incidents, but yeah, I was in school and it's kind of crazy to me because um, I was in AP classes, IB classes, pre-college courses uh, in junior high and high school. And at this point was able to still somehow manage all of that while experimenting, which is kind of crazy. So so at this point, what age are you when you start? You you you're basically taking liquor to high school, right? Yes, I was um, fourteen and fifteen at that age. Wow, that that really is. Well, I I I, I don't think it, it it rarely happens younger than that, doesn't it? That's kind of <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah. So it was all of that, and then. Uh, I got a little bit older, wasn't really drinking or anything, and then I hit 18, and one of my boyfriends at the time, who um, I had been going out with him for like three years at this point, uh, he said, um, 
let's let's go to this place called the pits and we'll go ahead and try this um marijuana that's legal and i'm thinking okay legal drugs are bad but let's just go ahead and you know it's legal was it legal well it was not, it was not legal and it was that uh synthetic marijuana uh k2 synthetic yes I've never heard of that so it it was a really big thing here uh in the united states and super bad nothing like regular marijuana i mean you it's the first thing i ever heard of it but uh, is it more harmful yeah, or way more harmful some people when they take it they uh can't really speak they don't know who they are where they are and so straight out of high school that's um pretty much what i was doing for about six months or so mm-hmm. and uh that got pretty bad but nobody really ever i mean i didn't seem like i was doing anything but i was also very good at hiding everything i was doing but between the time that you were 14 and 18 because we made a small jump in time here i was wondering in that time were you ever using any substances or were you just no that time i was just a good student there was a short moment that you were basically not bothered not using them no no and then uh when i was 14 that was just the alcohol and the cigarettes it was never never drugs at that point but 18 that's when that all started Yeah, and that was kind of crazy. And I guess um, I made this other jump to a party one time and some people were um, handing off uh, little baggies that were like with some white substance in there. And I was thinking, well, what is that? I do this, I might as well try that. And uh, it was cocaine. <laughs> so. Yeah, and <laughs> which is horrible, but I promise everyone the story eventually gets better. <laughs> but I was doing that for probably five or six years. So someone gave, gave shared it with you, and from that moment, you just regularly decided to. Yeah, and it was really strange too because I never ever paid for anything. So I mean, I I got all of this stuff for free. Really? How could this really be bad? In my mind at the time, I guess it's, I was it's a, actually it's a very expensive substance, isn't it? Like actual actual cocaine is uh... super expensive, and I don't know. I mean, none of us had jobs. I have no idea. Hmm. Maybe But, some uh... maybe someone liked to see you be that way. I don't know what they would how they yeah. what they would gain from that. But uh, yeah, like was somebody was bad. spending a lot. Uh, spending a lot on you yeah well i think it was just the group of friends i was in too i mean they i don't know if anyone was selling or how they got a hold of the some substances i never went and actively like looked for it if it was there i would do it mm-hmm. and that was kind of crazy but um yeah so 18 i decided it was cl- closer to the end of the summer and i decided you know what I don't really want to be with this person who introduced me to something that's so terrible. Because another friend of mine, uh, he gave me actual like real marijuana. And I was like, this is not nearly as bad as what I've been doing. So at that point, I switched to that. And uh, I broke up with that person I was with for three years. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And uh, I met another person and really liked him, had a good time. Uh-oh, four months later, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and uh, keep in mind, this was during, I guess I would have just been on marijuana for the most part at that time. <clears throat> okay, so um, I think we shouldn't gloss over that because this is kind of interesting in a way. Because how mm -hmm. how do you go from meeting? I mean, at least I'm assuming it, that it was an accident, but still. <laughs> it was. Um, I guess I was really, and I've always suffered from uh, depression and anxiety and all of these fun things. But I guess meeting someone who was looking at me, not just as a partner to do these things with, but someone that would you know, that actually cared for the person I was that uh, felt really good. So I thought I should be with this person. And of course, not being safe or anything like that for four months later. <laughs> How come you didn't cho choose to, well, use precautions? I guess at that point in time, uh, since I wasn't really doing anything actively for my depression and anxiety, um, I just kind of was in this mindset, like whatever happens, happens, and I don't really care. And that's, that's just where I was at that time. Hmm, that's, a, that's an interesting phenomenon that I've, it's almost like a form of um, kind of self harm, right? Like you're, you're just, yes. you're just passively letting bad things happen to you. Because uh, yeah. you, maybe you kind of want it some level i think i did um i i guess i was looking for what could fix me mm -hmm. and i thought and that's a terrible thing to bring such a small person into the world thinking that this this is what's gonna fix me and that's also what i thought at that time but it's i don't i case. don't think it's uh, i don't think that's that's super uncommon actually i'll tell you this is maybe a bit off topic but it's also not um mm -hmm. I have a, a female friend, uh, a woman. People hate it if I say female for some reason. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Um, she's, she was, um, she's now in her 30s, but she also got pregnant in her teenage years. So it's, it's similar to you. And I'm, I'm, without going into too much details, just to give the summary, is uh, she also suffered a childhood of abuse. Um, was often yeah. re rejected by, uh, you know, neglectful parents who, as a child, didn't give her affection or even threw her on the street. And when she got yeah. pregnant, when she got pregnant, she actually wanted to keep it. She wanted to keep the baby at that time. And she told me that uh, in hindsight, it doesn't sound like it makes sense. But at the time, she also thought it would fix her because uh, she had nothing. Right. And she thought like having a baby. Yeah. For the first time, it's something for myself, right? It's something that that's mine that gives me individuality. So mm -hmm. I see parallels between your story and I guess some other people's stories that I've heard. But, but yeah. proceed, proceed. Uh, maybe I'm going off topic, but uh, no, that does that does make sense. I um, the really strange thing is I didn't really. I mean, my parents are divorced. That was kind of traumatic. That happened when I was seven or eight mm -hmm. um they both got remarried but other than that small snippet I've had 
a really, I had a really good childhood. I mean, we were well off, uh, could go to the store, buy anything I wanted, ask for anything mm-hmm. I wanted. In fact, we didn't really uh, do the whole Santa thing because it was more like, okay, let's go shopping for Christmas. And then we just would wrap our stuff, <laughs> put it under the tree and then pretend for the pictures or whatever. But I just, I don't, I don't really know why I chose to do what I did. Um, Cause I had I, everything. I don't think that you, I don't think you have to come up with an answer to be honest. <laughs> right. It's, it's well, easy. It's easy to think about it in hindsight, but uh, you know. Oh yeah. I think that we often do things without their, I mean, may, maybe there was an answer, you know, maybe there was a motivation, but it's not like, something that's that you can uh, pinpoint <laughs> down to yeah. one single thing really yeah, but, maybe, uh, maybe something deeper you know something unutterable i don't know <laughs> yeah. i don't have the, even the right words to <laughs> so moving on um i was gonna have my baby i had her at when i was uh, 19 so mm. still pretty young with a one-year-old And we went through just, um, I mean, we were doing okay. And then I went to the doctor and I said, uh, I think I have anxiety and depression. And he said, he agreed. He said, yes, you do. (laughs) And he decided to give me uh, medication, uh, Xanax and Wellbutrin. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is medicine from a doctor. This is going to fix me. I'm going to be all right. These are the, the, uh, the fam- famous opioids that are very <laughs> prevalent in America, right? I mean, these are benzodiazepines, but they're like, they turn you into a zombie. And it's it's just awful that they are so willing to just hand this out mm-hmm. to people. And uh, I took that and I just remember falling in love with it, thinking this feeling is what I've been missing. In a way you have, you know. The feeling yeah. you were missing, but not not the, the way to obtain it, I guess. No. And so I went on a um, pretty big bender with that for probably six or seven years. So doing, which is uh, what a lot of people die from, the Xanax and cocaine mixture. I mean, I do one to come down, one to go up. And then I was just always in this balancing act of keeping my body alive at that point wow yeah uh and so that was pretty bad and then we almost lost my daughter um we have a agency called cps and they'll come in and if you're not being a decent parent they'll kind of you know uh remedy that by yeah child protective services right Right. And uh, so that happened. And I remember they were drug testing us all the time. Uh, They would cut my hair out and uh, like big chunks, probably quarter size chunks of my hair and drug test. They never found anything in it, though, which was bizarre. No, I think they can only find certain substances, right? Not everything is retained in your hair. Right. Interestingly, THC is one that stays in your hair for a while, like for right. to several months. But uh, but also at that time, um, that was like a year long process. So mm-hmm. I hadn't done anything within that year because I wanted so bad to 
have my family together. Mm -hmm. So for a year, you were you were off substances. Yes. This I also find kind of curious because it shows. Um, does it count as an addiction if you're able to quit? Yes, I would say so because um I'm a little bit ignorant I'm a little bit ignorant on the topic of addiction by the way. Oh yeah. Um, no, it's it's pretty much a lifelong struggle especially because not so much I don't touch uh like cocaine or anything like that these days. I don't do anything these days. Um but the struggle is still there. Like I still have nightmares reoccurring where I am taking these substances and it's like PTSD. It just puts me right back into my mindset of how I oh, was yeah. when all of that was happening. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that. I, uh, I've heard that when you are diagnosed, uh, they call it now substance use disorder. It's pretty much a, oh. a, a chronic disorder, right? Like uh, even if you don't, yeah. if you don't use substances, the craving may persist for the rest of your life and if you yes. take the substance again you'll you'll just complete there's a chance you'll completely relapse right so it's right yeah. so that happened and then um a couple of I guess a year down the road I woke up in the hospital and I was kind of confused um you woke up in the hospital yes I don't really remember, but somehow I did get a hold of those uh, Xanax again and blacked out, um, ended up cutting both of my wrists. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, tried to kill myself, I guess. And I was just in the hospital. Mm. Okay, hold on. Because um, I think there's there are several things here that I would kind of like to mm -hmm. dissect. Maybe it's personal, but first of all, before this happened, right? Because mm -hmm. this this sounds like a suicide attempt, right? Right. Were you I, did, were you ever con considering doing something like this before this happened, or was it just completely spontaneous? Not really. And the way the doctors kind of explained it to me was, uh, people have on Xanax, they can have just straight blackouts and whatever mood they're in because it can make you so depressive or so yes angry that, that, that's that's why i asked because i was wondering is it um was it like a genuine underlying desire or was it more like a drug-induced psychosis it was definitely drug-induced and it even at this point in time um my parents had no idea what i was doing no no idea i was on drugs or anything like that even while i'm going through this cps case like i that's, hid everything so well that's tragic though how you where your parents i mean how yeah. are you were they uninvolved in you or uh well my i mean they called often they went to see ansley i mean well, all at, of this at this stuff. point in time well, what was your age um, at this point in time, I think I'm 25 or 26. Oh, okay, and then then it makes a little bit more sense that you were able to hide it from your parents because uh, it depends on your age, I guess. You know, if you were maybe were like 19, I would say if your parents if they if they miss that somehow, 
I mean, I mean, I am not here to judge or in a position to judge everyone, but like the younger you are, right? The younger you are, the the more your parents should be, you know, uh, at least to some extent accountable for the things that you do. But when you're 25 and you hide it from your parents, <laughs> you can't really blame them anymore, you know. So that, oh, no, that, I... that, that, that's how age makes a difference here. But uh, yeah. That's right. what I was curious about. But uh, so, proceed. Um, we, so I woke up in the hospital, and at this point, I'm thinking, okay, something has to change. <laughs> something is really not going right in my life. So um, I remember going to my uh, first real job, and I had two casts on my arms. And I was ready to start work <laughs> and they hired me and I was there for about a year and uh, not using any substances. The occasional drinking. What kind of job was it? Daycare. <laughs> mm, daycare. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that, that situation, and it was a Christian-based daycare, so that kind of really helped me. Um, mm -hmm decide like, okay, you know what, maybe I am capable of getting my life back on track. And I remember uh, even with a job and my significant other having a job, um, we still were just so unbearably poor at this time. I'm talking like I used to have to boil water for my daughter's bath so she could have a hot bath. Because oh we couldn't afford to turn the gas on. And that was only like $400 at the time. We yes. were just, and uh, we lost our vehicle during that time period. So now I have to, I had to figure out how am I going to keep this job and all of this stuff, pay for everything. I did don't they, even have did, a vehicle. Did, to... did they pay you a, like a living wage? Or... Oh, God, no. <laughs> I think I made um, probably like $11 an hour. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my significant other would go and just do construction jobs and get whatever money he could. And uh, I mean, our lights were flickering on and off because bills weren't paid. It, it was just really, really kind of desperate de during that time. But somehow we still both managed to not um, do any drugs at that point. Mm -hmm. So... What do you think, because I, I, I'm actually, uh, to me, the poverty thing, some level is also interesting because uh, at least some of the people I interviewed so far from the USA, mm -hmm. they all have like similar stories. And I was, I'm wondering, yeah. what, what are the, what are, what are the socioeconomic factors? Like, how is it possible if two people have a job that they have to live in poverty? But like, yeah. at least where I'm from the Netherlands um, like I, poverty exists here too maybe in a, in a different way but if you have a household of two people like working a job you know having a being be, having to boil water that's unthinkable you know not not to not yeah. to not to brag or say that my country oh is no better of course than not. Yours, <laughs> you know? of course not no it I think it's really common um our Living costs in America are so unbelievably high. Our medic medical costs are unbelievably oh, high. Oh, of course, yeah. It's, um... So 
some some places um you can get a house for I don't know you can pay five hundred dollars a month but specifically where I am and with no way to get away from this town um you have to pay like a thousand five hundred and that's just and you're not paying to buy the house at that point and I'm guessing you had did you have the health care insurance or did you have to pay for your treatment <laughs> Um, no, I had, I had nothing. That was just a bill tacked on And there, there's another bill that I'm thinking, how am I going to, how am I going to pay for that? But it's so strange to me, you know, um, the bigger issue is, I don't know, there seems to be a lot of economic damage just from suppressing the income of a large percentage of society. I think like if the USA just increased the income of the poorest people, you'd have at least, I don't know, standard of living growth, at least that you had in the progressive policies of like the 30s and the 80s. But it, right. seems, like, it seems like the USA, like, uh, oh, this is already the third episode that I'm criticizing America, by the way, but it seems <laughs> like you guys don't really have an interest in reducing poverty. And when I say you guys, I don't mean, I don't mean you as a, Right. No, that's the that's the great American dream. Get over here and yeah. collect as much money as you can from. Because I, fe I feel like this this is the this is the point where it should uh, like have a <laughs> maybe this is a bit childish to say, but it should have a ha happy ending from this point, right? Like you have a job, you found someone, you're working, you're clean. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, you, you shouldn't be stuck at that point. Makes no sense, you know. Well. Right. So at this point, I'm not doing any illicit drugs. However, now I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> oh, now you're an alcoholic. Yeah. Now I'm an alcoholic. I decided. No, now you're an alcoholic. So, <laughs> oh, wait, no, not currently at this no, point no, no, in no. the. <laughs> at this point in the story, at this point in the story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I went through that and uh, that was pretty bad. I ended up losing that job at the daycare. So, um, so like when you say now you're an alcoholic, how did that, how did you go back to that? What introduced you? To well, that? I guess just being so desperately poor and wanting to escape, I would just buy, they were like $10 jugs of uh, wine <laughs> and I just went too heavy on that for a little bit. Oh my god, that's kind of relatable. You know, I'm I'm um, I I actually kind of rarely drink, but when I do, it's usually after I had like a fucked up night shift or something. So I can relate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind and, of forces uh, you to drink, you know, sometimes. a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that happened, and then um, my significant other eventually got a really good paying job, and so step by step we were climbing out of that hole. And uh, CPS was no longer involved in our situation. Um, and we were able to have some more money. But, 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 we... but when CPS got involved, uh, never at any point did it get so far that they were trying to, I guess, remove your child? Or uh, They did you, remove you, you... her for a time to uh, live with my mom. Okay. And then... But, um... but you regained the custody? or? Yes. Yes, and then never went down that path again. 
Did you did you agree or disagree with their decision to at least I guess um, take custody away from you? And well, that, that may be a time, difficult that may be a difficult question to ask, but yeah, no. At the time, I was uh, furious. Obviously, I'm thinking I'm not such a bad mother that she needs to be taken away. But when in reality, I mean, you can't have a child in those circumstances. And so once I was able to get better from uh, the drugs, it was, I mean, it felt good that somebody wanted to step in and help. And they were really helpful, to be honest, all hmm. of the people at CPS. That's good to hear. Yeah. It is. And let's see, then what happened? So you get so many people who have just bad experiences with the system, you know? It's, it's nice. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, ni it's nice to hear people say, well, I actually benefited from this program. I benefited from this service. You know, that's, uh, that's refreshing. Well, it was bizarre because they, uh, every single person within that organization would look at me and my significant other and say, we don't understand why y'all are here. I mean, y'all both look like two normal, clean cut people. What happened? And again, we were just so good at hiding everything high, like high functioning mm -hmm. even through all of that That's but um so he got a really good job we climbed out of that hole a little bit and then I uh decided to actually start streaming myself <laughs> streaming and, yourself yes I was on twitch and everything no way and that was yeah <laughs> I, I would do uh video games and stuff and that was fun were you good at it yeah really? <laughs> i yeah i love video games i i played all did, the time did you, did you get subscribers and uh, stuff oh yeah yeah no i wow. had a really good following of people and they know the majority of this story because hmm. i mean didn't know but... i was interviewing a gamer girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i don't i don't stream anymore and that's part of the story too because um I was just on there to get drunk and play video games. <laughs> and oh. then I'm in front of so many live people and they're paying me. So I'm thinking, you know what? This is a good thing that I'm doing. But it was so detrimental to my health that I just had to, I had to stop. I had to quit. <laughs> I mean, you could play video games without getting drunk, right? Yes. But I had to go through, this was probably back a year ago that I quit. Um, I had to like get myself right and yeah. I lost like so 20 you, pounds. You don't want to present yourself in a bad state? Was it something like that? No. Yeah, I was tired of that. It, it got so bad on uh, New Year's Eve. We had stairs at the time and on live stream, I drank so much that I was like sliding down the stairs. Oh my God. <laughs> in front of all of these people and uh yeah it, it was like two or three hours of the camera just watching me sleep on the stairs <laughs> oh my god it was, it was pretty bad and uh I think a couple of months after that I thought you know what I'm gonna clean up and really be able to do something for these people because they they really uh I got a lot of positive comments about like uh, how many, how many, how many subscribers did you have uh, 300. I don't yeah. know if there's a lot on Twitch, but yeah, that, that's pretty.
pretty good. I, I probably could have done better if I was sober. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. So some some viewers just like to see people drunk, but uh... yeah, that that's true. <laughs> and I used to sing too, and they would like give. They're called bits, and they would give so oh many gosh. bits to hear me sing a song all drunk. It was really really bad. <laughs> This, but, this, uh, this this part triggers me a little because I, you know someone who also makes a living i guess on social media yeah it's a little bit relatable but uh, i imagine live streaming is much more tedious than i don't know youtube because you have to make like this online relationship with people and blah maybe it's a bit off topic but it's interesting yeah but... well i'm actually really shy in person but because i couldn't ever see their faces it was like i'm just talking to chat bots and that's kind of how I like yeah. mentally went through that you're, but, the, you're uh, the creator god and they're like the subscriber cat <laughs> <you know>? so <laughs> there were so many sweet people but I also got to a point where I was thinking you know what maybe some of these are kids and they don't need to see someone like yeah. that so you, you should so. be careful with that because I think if you drink on stream I think you can get banned for that you can unless uh you turn on adult content yeah. or something, which I which I always had on. I had to interrupt, but we have to make a new Zoom call. We're using the free okay. version of Zoom. Uh, so I'm pressing end, and in a, about three minutes, we can rejoin. Okay. Okay. Testing, testing. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Ah, we are back. We are back. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, to anyone listening, we are using the free version of Zoom. So... Every 40 minutes, we're kind of forced to have a little interruption. Hope it doesn't bother you. Anyway, let's get back to our uh, influencer here that we are interviewing <laughs> today. So we were, we were well, at uh, Twitch. Yes. Okay. Let's see. So this is where the story starts getting really good <laughs> because um, I actually, while I was doing Twitch at the time, I had a hotel job. And um, I was a front desk manager and gathering up all of the money that I could. It was commission-based, so uh, I was making a lot of money at this point, which was uh, really good for my daughter, obviously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, from that job, uh, I got offered, and I can't say which company, but I got offered um, to be the admin assistant, administrative assistant for the main boss of this company. And I didn't realize how large this company is. Uh, they have eight hotels, two malls, uh, 500 different properties. And I was kind of assisting him with all of that. And uh, the marketing department one day saw me just drawing because there was a lot of downtime. <laughs> and they, uh, I told them about me streaming and everything, and they said, oh, do you want to try out graphic design? And me, without any college experience or anything, I mean, that sounded like a godsend to me. So I said, yes, of course I do. And at this point, I'm still, you know, uh, heavy into drinking alcohol and everything, but somehow managing um, and yeah, that's that's where I'm at now. And we saved up enough money to, we bought like a $250,000 home. We have two vehicles. Um, we're living in small suburbia with a park across the street. It's just, 
I don't understand how I got here <laughs> with where I started, but I, I guess the motivation for my daughter was really the the biggest thing for me. Well, that's a that's a interesting acceleration, I guess, from that point. <laughs> and that was all within a three three year time span. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but it's just crazy to me um, because during that time I got arrested. Um, I was 20, 26 and I got arrested and that's just what the community knew of who I was as a person. Yeah, I mean, does this go on your, on your record? I think, uh... Well, no, everything got dropped actually because that was during the time period when I was dealing with the CPS thing mm -hmm. and they couldn't prove that I was on any substance because it wasn't in my hair and that's all they really checked. So everything got dismissed. It even got taken off of the news reports, which is crazy. That's a relief. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess the, what I always also find strange is uh, you kind of have a, a justice system that usually it, it prevents people from like finding future opportunities uh, for employment, for example. So yeah you get caught on that you're you're even deeper in the hole you know what i mean it's kind of counterproductive. yeah really and i think if if i could really put a pin on the one thing that probably would have helped me significantly is if we had uh free health care and i was able to go to doctors that actually cared about mm -hmm. fixing the root of the problem than just putting a band-aid on it <laughs> And it's so just, now it does sound like a, in your case, um, at least from a, from what I can hear about like your 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 younger years, mm -hmm. you know, I would say a lot of things were out of your control. You know, it's uh, can we can we really like hold teenagers and children accountable for their actions if they do things like that? I don't think we can. Right? They're yeah. they're they're minors. Like there's supposed to be safeguards in place, you know, and yeah, I, and a, I, and I know. A child, yeah. Oh, sorry. A child having a child too, and I mean, I I fully believe your mind is not developed until you're 25. I mean, there's just I, I had no idea about the world, what things cost, and I was it was really hard. Yeah, I mean, someone should have, you know, someone yeah, should have. Help shown you the way i guess in yeah. a perfect world so yeah but um i really the thing that also changed to help me quit drinking is i found uh just the right kind of medication for what works for my body mm -hmm. and it was like night and day really i mean yeah. i went from just constant like fluctuating moods and everything i don't have bipolar disorder but the anxiety would cause that with me mm -hmm. and uh yeah being on the correct medication I can I just feel so capable and it feels really good to uh now be known within the community as this graphic design artist who I did uh so many logos within the town I have 30 foot murals of my designs like that just feels really good to not be known as the person who I was <laughs> did they, uh, and to did, be given a second chance. So, really. so did they help educate you in the graphic design or 
Oh, I have to, um, I would just do small things in like Canva and stuff and kind of put things together. But I actually took courses by myself mm -hmm. to really uh, learn all of the Adobe products so that I can do the job that I do. And I, uh, commercials, everything, radio. So here's another, another question because I, You've told me a lot about uh, the course of your life and the things you went through, but did you, like from an early, from a young age, have any particular dreams or ambitions, I wonder? Um, I thought I was going to uh, be a musician because I actually play the piano and the harp. And I you got... still do? Yes. I can't afford a harp, but <laughs> yeah, I have a piano that I still play. Okay, and, But, uh, um, and and uh, at a young age, like uh, you already wanted to do those things. You... Oh yeah, I've been playing since I was twelve, and um, I had a scholarship to go to a really good college in town, fully paid, uh, and all I had to do was play the harp. But I just wasn't with all the drugs. I just couldn't think that I was capable of actually doing it. It does, that's what I was curious about because, you know, um, I guess if I had to use one word to describe at least your your younger years, I, it, it kind of sounds directionless, if you know what I mean. It really was. It felt like that, too. Yeah. Um, and I knew I wanted to, and I think that also didn't help um, when I was experimenting with drugs and all of these things because I just had no idea of who I was as a person or what I could possibly do in this world. I knew I wanted to do something big, mm. but I just. Do you still want to no do ability. something big? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm truly hoping uh, in the future to get my own different projects uh, together, but I mean, we'll see. I'm still on my, I'm only, uh, I think, really a full year sober from alcohol, which feels really great. Um, and then I think I am four or f four years sober from any um, illicit <laughs> drugs, <laughs> mm -hmm. which also feels great. So how, what is your age right now? I am 29. Okay, we're the same age. Oh, <laughs> also 29. Yeah. Yeah, but you probably lived a vastly different <laughs> trajectory of life than me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but it, it's really good, though, to, um, to be on the upside. Mm -hmm. Because uh, previously, I couldn't dream of being in front of a camera on a podcast, anything. <laughs> Because I was just so deeply anxious and shy, but I don't know. It just everything. It's was like it, a was it social anxiety? Yes, I have relatively severe social anxiety, which uh, they put me on this medication that um, it it's not like Xanax. It doesn't just knock me out, <laughs> but it just kind of settles me to where I can say, you know what, this isn't so bad <laughs> oh, that's, yeah i mean uh, we shouldn't judge from the surface but from the surface level you seem very bubbly you know 
Yeah, very, and very, I feel very like, Twitch streamer. Yeah, and I feel so much like the person I was when I was seventeen, and it's rediscovering who I am again in that respect has just been phenomenal because I felt so so lost for so long. Yeah, I mean, discovering yourself, I guess, it gets taken away from you, right? In a way. Yeah. Yeah, but it it's fantastic, and I can, I feel capable of uh, painting again. All of these different hobbies to keep me mm-hmm. active, and I I always joke I have to stay busy doing something, or else I will fall back. <laughs> so I'm I'm just doing so many different projects now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well. I'm I'm taking all of it in, you know. It's just a it's just an interesting story. Um, yeah, I do think that uh, you know, from many people who are in that background, a lot of them wouldn't be able to break out of it. I guess. No, and uh, there wasn't. There were facilities we could have gone into. Uh, me and my significant other, and they wanted seventeen thousand dollars, and healthcare wasn't going to cover it. And if you're already so poor how can you ever possibly expect to have people get better mm-hmm. when they can't I mean there was no way there were no payment plans and I think that's another serious talk we as Americans need to have because it, it could just help so many more people if they could actually get the services that they need yeah I mean uh, first of all I agree with that and I think also um, you know it takes money to dream, you know. That's the unfair yeah. part. People say, "Well, just follow your dreams, follow your ambitions," but many people just have to sacrifice those, you know, or stash them away. Guess. Um, yeah, and it it kills a part of you because for a long time, I I mean, I've always enjoyed video games and everything, and I just didn't have a way to afford that. So, what else was I going to do? Well, yeah. I did drugs, <laughs> so. That's kind of. <laughs> no, you hear it, parents. That sounds May- terrible. <laughs> you hear it, parents. Maybe video games aren't that bad, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm also wondering how did you, how did you manage to, I guess, raise, raise a person while you had to work yeah. so much? You know, that's difficult. It was, but uh, by the time she was in school age, that was taken care of, and even when I was. Um, experimenting with all of these drugs it's not like she was in the house with us during those time periods so I was at being somewhat responsible I mean I was still doing the bad thing but at least not around my kid which was always important um um so now I'm going to try and formulate another question which is um I have you know I have to tread lightly it's um or of an existential question in some way, but I know you cannot pin everything in life down to one or two things. Right. But I do feel like in your case, in your story, there is some kind of, I wouldn't call it a singular origin, but there's, if you had to, if you had to blame one thing in particular, right? But where do you think it comes from? I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that everyone uh, who experiences these things has to be blamed for something, you know, or find a scapegoat or 
say that you deserve yeah, it, but hopefully you catch my drift a little bit. Yeah, no, I really think it was um, not finding the correct chemicals that allow me to be a normal person, I guess. I say normal, but... So, but, so, you, so you think that from when you were young, from a young age, you would not have been able to function like it was kind of inherently... Was it the way that yeah. you, you think it's the way that you were born or is it? Um, I think it was induced because of the divorce and everything. I mean, that put me in a position where it's like, well, families are supposed to look like this. Mm -hmm. Mine doesn't look like that. And I think I just got, I pulled into myself at that point. And, and, it's, and it changes your development maybe. It really did, because I I remember uh, sitting in the car with my dad sometimes and just crying and staring out the window, and he would talk to me, but I would never, like, respond to him, and that was from, like, uh, 16 to 18, mm -hmm. so the, something was already kind of happening then with me, and uh, I tried to medicate it, but that ended up... <laughs> not helping uh, because they gave me the Xanax at that time. And I thought, okay, this feeling that I'm, I enjoy this, I'm doing something good. I'm thinking it's, it's also often not talked about how a traumatic divorce can be for children, you know, even if it's, yeah. even if it's not a violent breakup, even if it's a, a friendly breakup, you know, as a child, you're, you're so dependent on your parents. It's kind of like your life support is cut yeah. off. You know, that's not the feeling that you're, in a way supposed to have you know i'm not not to judge anyone who is uh, having right. a divorce I, I i know that sometimes divorce is a necessary evil and uh, staying with someone that you don't want to be with can result in more trauma than divorcing but at the same time i actually have uh, quite a few friends who uh, whose parents were divorced from when they were uh, very young like around the age of 10. yeah it's uh, difficult and, and, i think and, they and say... i can say some of them Oh, I shouldn't. Rem I guess I shouldn't make any conjectures about their mental health or anything. And you know, I'm not Doctor Phil, but I can notice that the ones who went through that shit tend to be dealing with things still in adulthood. That, yeah, let me because put it like that. it's like your foundation crumbles, and if you're going through life and you don't have that foundation and that support of both these people who brought you into this world. I mean, it's just really difficult to build further on who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. I, but, I understand, yeah. Yeah, but me and my significant other right now, um, we we went through so much. And I forgot to mention, um, during that time period, he also lost his mom. And Ooh. he was only... I think he was 25 at the time. And so that kind of, that really didn't help either. So he's, this is a person whose parents are divorced. Uh, he already has that shaky foundation. And now he lost his mom and she was only like 51. And I just didn't know how to help him cope with that in any other way, but mm -hmm. to do drugs with him. And that's kind of what we did. Mm -hmm. But all super not healthy things. I don't endorse any of the trajectory of my life to anybody. <laughs> uh, 
Except for the end. The end got better. <laughs> Let's hope it's a happy ending then. Yeah. I think so. Hmm. You let me think. I'm trying to I'm trying to describe you kind of as a person. I don't know why. But I <laughs> I got the sun shining in my face too. That might not help. <laughs> my impression from you is, uh, I think, I don't know, you seem curious just to explore things in a way, I guess. Um, yeah, and that could have been detrimental too because I am very curious about, I mean, I have, this is my hobby room that I'm in and there's just You, you still seem to have like a very big, <laughs> very big open uh, openness to experience right like are you do you do you think that you're i don't know impulsive or something or to some extent? oh absolutely yeah mm -hmm. i am also very impulsive which is why i chose to do all these things even though i knew it was uh bad mm -hmm. but I, i've kind of um mitigated my impulsive side to hobbies and just <laughs> As many as I can gather, like painting, cross stitch, you name it, I do it. <laughs> Multi-talented. <laughs> well, I just, I get so easily bored also. And I think that's why Xanax was so big for me at the time, because it kind of made me feel like I could just sit. I didn't have to do anything. I could just sit. Because yeah, but... no, no matter what you do, you already kind of feel some kind of happiness, I guess. Yeah, and that's what it did feel like at the time. But um, with discovering myself again, and that I am curious to do all of these different things. Um, it's, it's just been fascinating how much happier those things have made me. And to look back and think, well, if I had money to be able to do what I do now, back then, I probably wouldn't have you know, but I didn't have really anything during that time period. Mm -hmm. but yeah. well, I'm, I'm thinking you know, this is not an awkward silence. I'm just I'm just taking it in because uh, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> it's I think it's interesting because. Um, hmm. Trying to come up with a good way to word things. I don't know. Sometimes I struggle, you know, to to formulate my thoughts in a good way. But hmm, I, I don't know. I, I when I when I know how to say it, I will be able to. But uh, I think at least my 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 gut feeling is that to some extent you will you know at the point that you're you're able to you know discover yourself a little bit i guess yeah i think you'll like i, I don't want to say i think you're going to be fine for the rest of life your life but i want to say it i guess because you know I, I'm, I'm getting that vibe but at the same time i shouldn't be sitting here like oh you're gonna have because you never know what life throws your way yeah right? and it'll but, be um like i said earlier it's gonna be a life struggle like, um, and it's so crazy because I said earlier about my dreams that I have where substances are around me. Well, my initial reaction to that in my dream is, okay, I got to take it. 
Mm -hmm. So I do. And then once I start feeling that again, I go Don't into go complete to panic. <laughs> oh, well, I'm able to now, but I don't have. No, but what kind of environment <laughs> are you? I mean, I've never been at a party where people offer me that kind of stuff, you know, it's also just. A... It's the town I live in. I'm not going to say where I live, but no, you I mean, you can walk up to somebody and say, do you have this? Mm. And they'll say, yes, it costs this much. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of fucked up too, you know. Yeah. And we, um, I mean, how, of course, everyone's doing it because they're charging 17000 to get anyone clean. Mm. So no, nobody goes and does that. I don't know how they're in business, honestly. <laughs> There's no way. Man. If you had to give any advice, I guess, to another person who is in your situation, what would you tell them? Um, probably just don't be too hard on yourself. The steps will eventually come to get better. And if you trip and you fall back into it, that's not the end. Mm -hmm. Like, just keep looking how, well how do i say just keep looking up i mean it, it will get better so this is going to sound kind of out of the blue but that's what i was trying to think about before but at some level i kind of think that you know, all you kind of needed was at some level was compassion and yeah maybe you didn't get that that's what i think I mean, this is like a totally random observation. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that, that, I, you know, I, I just like to, I don't know, observe a little, but you know, well, also, just the anxiety and stuff. A lot of it kind of yeah. feels like feels like self hate, you know. Yeah, and um, I think also, if I would have been more open to my social bubble, the people around me that I was struggling, it would have been a so, lot. Someone should have told you that you're you're creative, you seem extroverted, you seem bubbly, you're good at talking. So don't yeah. hate yourself. That sounds so corny, but like, yeah. you know, that's No, just... I just wanted to, I think also it helps because, I mean, I go around town and I look at these murals, I look at these posters, these different designs, and I think to myself, you know, I am worth something because this is what I can give to everybody else. And that makes me feel really good. So. Yeah, but I mean, even before that point, even, I mean, I, I don't know what you were like, but I don't know, I feel you don't need to be good at something or provide something you know just to be worth something you know some level i don't know it feels like there's yeah. some kind of there's meritocracy to it you know like oh if you're talented you know you deserve compassion you know if you can oh i see what you're saying yeah, yeah and that's that probably still remains a struggle to this day because i i just want to do stuff i want to give and that's just the person I am. I've never been the person that uh, sat there and was okay with myself for doing nothing. That makes me feel awful. <laughs> I have I have to do something. I don't know how to explain that. Go back to Twitch streaming again. Oh, uh, yeah. 
it's so funny because I was going to use my um, pseudo name for this and I thought to myself, you know what? They already know this story. <laughs> so I just went with my normal name. But yeah, I do want to pick that up again uh, someday. I have all of the equipment. You should. You're, you're being a good uh, Twitch streamer right now, I think. I have yeah, all I mean, of my equipment. <laughs> oh, I have the same one. Using the same microphone. <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, my omen and stuff. Oh my god! Ooh, yeah, showing him my very gamer uh, <laughs> rig with the LED lights and stuff. It's funny because it doesn't do anything right now, though. But you know, one day I'll get yeah. back on there. But I can, it's crazy. I can see it. I'm getting the vibe from you. You will be successful at it. Like, <laughs> thank you. But I feel so bad because I kind of uh, it was healthier for me at the time to just never log back in and never drink again <laughs> but i'm sure the community has no idea <laughs> Man, that... what happened to me <laughs> well, maybe now in hindsight the clip is going to go viral or something someone has archived it oh no i i wouldn't doubt it they they did so many things there were you uh... would have been famous maybe, <laughs> maybe. Hmm. but we'll see maybe i'll go to youtube or pick up some other yeah youtube maybe <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work <laughs> yeah, we think you've done enough work but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I don't know it's, um, I, th I think it's interesting because to me you know it's you uh, I like to use the word bubbly I guess or something I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I do get that a lot and then uh, it's funny because my high-pitched voice and everything to you just kind of <laughs> makes and it then, this little and then you're telling me that you have had like a social anxiety you know people are supposed to change yeah but... yeah um I don't ever expect me to hold a presentation in front of an audience because mm. that's not going to happen but uh yeah stuff like this is fine but uh to some sense in my head I'm still thinking like you're not a real person. I know you are, but that's just how it helps me I'm not with my person. social. I'm, a, I'm, inter I'm an internet personality. It's, it's okay to it's okay to dehumanize me. You know that's my job. <laughs> that sounds so awful, yeah. but it's true. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a cartoon character to most people. You know. Yeah, and that's kind of how it is. Because even when I was streaming, that's really what it felt like. Um, yeah. You, you develop a persona and that's yeah, who you Matrix. are there. I mean this this whole <laughs> this whole thing is a substitute for for human interaction. So it's it's doing what it's supposed to do, I guess, right? If, <laughs> yeah. hey, people, if, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're probably listening to this in your basement thinking, hey, you know, it feels so social, you know, people talking <laughs> to each other. It's healthy. But, <laughs> but I'm not sure, I'm not sure if it's healthy, but it's better than it's nothing. It's healthy for people like me. You would never, ever mm -hmm. see me being the person that's like, hey, let's gather all the friends or whatever people do and go shop. I don't know what people do. <laughs> let's go shopping. So this, Yay. <laughs> yeah, this kind of social interaction uh, is I would take good. you shopping. <laughs> shopping. Yeah, sure. Why not? Or they go to Starbucks or I don't know. I don't know what, don't know what people, people do. Things. I don't know what people do either. <laughs> so I'm 
I don't know. They, they go to clubs and stuff, right? That's what they do. Oh, no, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> Too many people. Yeah. <laughs> it's better to get high on... Uh, it's better to go to Starbucks. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's too expensive also. I wouldn't go there either. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, this, this was kind of really interesting because I guess, mm -hmm. I mean, I tell some people, I told my Twitch viewers some of the story, yeah. but to be able to actually like, dissect mm -hmm. the things that happen it's really eye-opening even to me i mean because i feel like um, at the same time you've summarized i guess uh, you managed to summarize your whole life story in a pretty fast time at the same time if there's for example something that you feel like you gloss over or want to discuss or want to bring up feel free like no rush yeah okay. Um, Feel free to express yourself, right? So, <laughs> don't worry, but don't worry if it's if you have to think for a moment. That's no problem. Um, silences are not awkward; they are normal. And if they're right. long, and if they're long, I will I can cut them out. So that's not a problem. Oh, are we live or not live? Of course, doing the. It depends on what you mean with live, right? Most of what we are discussing now, I'm just going to upload it. The way got it okay but um if you need time to think or anything if you want to share anything that's fine trying to think if i left anything out um i mean it was it was pretty wild like in a short amount of time how you yeah. went to so many developments you know and suddenly you're like yeah now i wake up in the hospital and like damn isn't there like what a thousand <laughs> tiny little things that happened along the way because you uh, yeah I guess um leading up to that hospital portion it was uh I went back to the doctor during that time period and I got on the Xanax again and I guess I took too many and ended up in the hospital Oh, and the doctor Which those things are wasn't, wasn't the doctor like uh, wasn't the doctor like oh let's prescribe you something else or no actually they said no oh, no they kept they, giving, said, they kept giving you that yeah literally they said, how they said this amount isn't working we're gonna give you more <laughs> that will work no. this time <laughs> are you serious really yeah. It's wow. insane. Man. Absolutely insane. Man. And I'm really careful. They, sh they should have days. just given you cocaine at that point, I swear. <laughs> no, no cocaine. That's oh, that stuff is wild. And it's crazy because um we had a house before this one. We ended up losing that house because of the drugs and stuff. Uh, but we used to just throw these wild parties in the garage with musicians and I would be painting like a studio and there would be like 25 people in the garage, 10 people outside. Yep. Everybody was just doing drugs. <laughs> Is it fucked up if I say that it almost sounds nice? I mean, I mean, to say that the entire experience was bad would be a lie. There, there were some fun portions of it 
I just wish I could have done that without yeah. the drugs. <laughs> you lived like a rock star, you know? Yeah, I really did. <laughs> it was it was really, really wild. And then uh, my daughter would go to my mom's house for like entire summers. So we had that time period to just go ham, really. And that's what we did. <laughs> Hmm. which was not beneficial i might add <laughs> i mean the, the worst thing that i can say right now is wow that sounds fun but in a way in a way <laughs> no, don't do drugs kids you know next time just bring yeah. lemon lemonade or something for all your friends i don't know yeah oh and i guess it wasn't really isolated to just those drugs i mean whatever i could get my hands on at the time whatever yeah, like MDMA, ecstasy, Molly, mushrooms. Ooh, let me, you know, my, my experience with drugs is very, <laughs> very, very limited. You know, I'm a really vanilla, vanilla boy. <laughs> but um, only one. Mom, if you're listening to the podcast, don't listen to this. Only one I ever... <laughs> Exit one, the building. <laughs> The only one I, I've ever tried was MDMA. Only once. That's it. That means yeah. that the weed is legal in the Netherlands. It has been for decades. We're probably oh, one, wow. of the, one of the first places to legalize. Yeah, you know, right? Amsterdam. You, how many tourists go here? You oh, right. Yeah, Amsterdam. That's, <laughs> that's the Netherlands, you know? Uh, yeah, not too. Uh, Americans are generally not too knowledgeable about mm. where other places are. <laughs> Uh, we're we're kind of we 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 think just think of us um, as kind of like Germans. We're close to Germany. Uh, we're a very liberal country, proven to some extent, I guess. So yeah. yeah, this is a bit off topic, by the way. I don't know how we got here, but um, <laughs> we're we're just taking the ride. Yeah, I mean, I don't have that much to share about drugs in return. No, drugs well, are bad, I... okay, but. Uh, yeah, no, they're super bad. Don't do drugs. Like, no. for real, full disclosure, don't do drugs. Mm. But uh, no, I hated MDMA. That was a that was probably the one that I took on several occasions, and every time you, it was you're a like a you're like, you're like time. A, a connoisseur at this point, you know? Like... Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but it's so funny because, um, like stuff, I said, this stuff is this stuff is not in season, you know. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah like uh clothing <laughs> no it's crazy because if you met me in person and talked to me or whatever you would think that is an innocent person right there she I would never i don't think that anything that you did doesn't make you innocent yeah uh, well you... maybe naive yeah, maybe naive <laughs> why aren't you innocent you sound innocent to me like you mean Sounds like you only heard yourself, to be honest. It doesn't sound like you ever, <laughs> ever fucked up over someone else. Like, oh, like God, maybe no, you maybe, no, maybe I couldn't. Maybe you did, but like, no, no. So you're innocent, yeah. right? Well, yeah, in that in that respect. But as far yeah, as like, we, we have this... to we have to stop thinking about like uh, if you do drugs, you're a bad person. I don't think so. You're a victim more than I, anything. I felt like a bad person. <laughs> no, I felt awful. <laughs> I mean that is weird, right? You're taking yeah. this, this substance that ruins your life and it's taking away your happiness, and your only way to be happy is to buy more of it. Like, 
Yeah. You, you're the bad guy. Makes no sense to me. Yeah. And I never really understood that either because it's like, just quit doing this and then you would have so much more money. But I guess at the time I was under my parents' uh, health care. So I really never paid for like the Xanax or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I just go to the doctor and say, I need more of this. <laughs> and they said, okay. <laughs> oh, and uh, in one a minute, you have to make a new call. Do you mind? I, I, no, I don't mind. I still like to talk to you for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, it's a very abrupt ending. Okay. We have to take a little break. See you. There hey, <laughs> there you are again. Long time We're no, back. Long time no speak. Yeah. Hey, so um, where did we leave off? Oh, yeah, we were talking about... Oh, oh yeah, my mom uh, was banned from listening because she was talking about the one time I did MDMA. <laughs> it wasn't that memorable, though, but it's like my only experience with it. Um, yeah, um, I hated it. <laughs> I hated everything about it. <laughs> Well, okay. Um, visuals were I, really I, fun. I should try all these drugs so I can relate to your experience. Oh, right? God, no. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on literally anybody. Because it was just... I mean, it was fun at the time. But, like, I'm still to this day dealing with some of the effects. Like, memory issues. <laughs> all still. <of> it. <laughs> you still have memory issues or... Uh... A little bit, yeah. Oh, I mean, it was a lot of drugs. <laughs> There's going to be something. <laughs> Didn't you mention memory issues before? Uh, may maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Trick question. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Because, <laughs> because it's about memory issues, you know? Yeah, sorry. I'm a very <laughs> literal yeah. person. <laughs> I think you forgot. I think you already forgot. I think so. <laughs> Where am I? What's this place? Sorry, sorry. No, it's more like uh, little things that are kind of like I'll walk into your room on a full mission to go get a straw and I'll get there and I'll look around and I'm like, what? What, what am I doing in here? And then and I have to like, and then you end, end, up, end up drinking your cola with a, with, a, with a spoon or something. No, not that bad. But I do like once I get back to my drink, I'm like, oh, I needed a straw. And then, <laughs> so it's I not mean, like terrible, but that, that's something that happens to me. And I haven't taken all the various <laughs> things that you did. So maybe, maybe it's just, just a human error. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe yeah. you're just a chaotic person. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So self-destructive too, probably like uh starting the whole streaming thing and then thinking I'm damaging young minds and then just leaving. Done. <laughs> I mean that's still self-destructive. I kinda I mean how how much was it at the forefront of your stream? Like the were you maybe was, um, was it like a cry for help like look at me world or oh no absolutely i think one of my uh first streaming videos was me playing a video game and then just like frantically sobbing in front of the camera <laughs> and this was prior I, to having i would like... watch that not gonna lie i would watch it <laughs> a lot of people did i i think it was more at that point like um 
look at this poor sad girl let's make her happy and so my followers like grew exponentially after that <laughs> wow that's that's i mean that's not a recipe for success because when you when you start being happy they stop supporting you you know <laughs> yeah. no they uh they knew that yeah. i i guess probably like one or two people were watching up until the crying incident and then i guess it got shared around or something if, if any of your subscribers are watching guys she's very sad okay so give her money <laughs> yeah. no I mean, no she's she's crying but on the web she's laughing but on the webcam she's wiping away tears. Right. <laughs> yeah no uh i might get back into it again in the year 2024 I'm, 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 I'm really obsessed <laughs> with the fact that you did twitch for some reason like i can't get go of it for some reason yeah you why. could do it too any anyone it's can like, do it it's like you tell me all these stories about uh substance abuse but the moment you said twitch that's like my <laughs> my main association with you now yeah that's, that, that 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 like it outshines the rest, you know, the fact that you did Twitch. It outshines yeah. all the drugs. Out <laughs> yes, yeah, it does. Yeah. It, maybe it's even worse. No, just kidding. Nothing wrong with Twitch. <laughs> Twitch. No, it, it was, that was super fun. I, I really did enjoy it. It was hard to keep up with all of the people and like their own stories too. Because like I said, I just imagined everyone as like a chat bot. And I didn't have to, like, that's the only way I could get in front of, like, a group of 75 people and talk with the camera only on me, <laughs> is if everyone was a chatbot. <laughs> mm. yeah. Yeah, I, and I, they I, know I that, too. They're, they're aware. <laughs> I mean, the audience is always invisible. That helps, yeah. Yeah. Time I did, um, by the way, the time that I did MDMA, okay, so this is going to be the literally the only only drug story that I have. I know alcohol is a drug some way, but if we yeah. just if we count drug drugs, okay, and not the not drug drugs, which are also drugs, but like they're, they're medical the so drugs. No, they're, they're the socially acceptable drugs, like alcohol, and the not oh. socially acceptable drugs. But the one yeah. time, oh my god, I'm really messing this up. By the way, I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, you're fine. Something is weird is happening. Um, God, I, I remember I was with a friend in a club. Um, I don't know. We, we just somehow ended up at a random girl's house with a bunch of friends. I'm trying to keep it a bit vague, but at some point, I know we were, we were watching like Magic Eye. Do you know what it is? Magic Eyes was like this weird optical illusion. Um, no, but I know I mean, about illusion. Okay, this this isn't a super exciting story. We didn't b break into a zoo and uh, cuddle with a polar bear or something. Okay, but <laughs> it was awkward enough. I was staring at this optical illusion like for like two or three hours, feeling really happy. By the way, so there's that. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Oh, that's okay. it. <laughs> that's, no, no. There's. I know that you you're expecting some kind of great climax, but oh man, that intense stories i have in a drug-induced craze there's a lot of them <laughs> just so many want to share them yeah okay i can well one of my more favorite ones your favorite um, ones okay yeah so we had uh these like 1980s mushroom jars 
from like JC Penney's and we put all of the mushrooms in there and uh my significant other went to work and I decided, you know what? It's not going to hurt if I take like one or two. I'll be fine. I can sit here by myself. So I ate them and I was doing the dishes. And then I thought, I'm going to have to call him. <laughs> so he was at work and I called him home. And uh, it was just the whole night. We were watching like modest mouse videos, all these YouTube videos and staring at the carpet because they were forming little cities. And I kept saying, can you see the people walking? <laughs> Just all these different things. And then towards the end of the night, um, we had to eat pizza because we had to work in the morning. But like, it just looked like zombie flesh and we microwaved it, which made it look worse. And so we're both sitting there just like, bawling trying uh, to eat this fleshy uh, pizza <laughs> are you sure it wasn't just dominoes to explain it oh it was way worse it was little caesars <laughs> no. i've never had that so i can't judge you know i'm in europe i am missing out on crucial life experiences sadly oh, it's super bad for you you don't know you, you don't people talk about like arby's and applebee's and wendy's i'm like damn i I live in poverty. No, just kidding. I don't. But I have not <laughs> eaten those things, okay? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then another time, um, well, this is more an alcohol-related one. When I was 18, my friend won uh, tickets to see little people wrestling. What? Is, is that the name of a movie? Or is it literally little people wrestling? They were little people. What? <laughs> And so he got these free tickets. And this is the um, person that... Is, is, I, this, is this like the illegal chicken fights they have in the Dominican Republic or something? Yeah. Well, no, it was at a club, but I thought it was just like a normal club, like just a regular club. But they, and, weren't, they weren't normal. They were little. No, <laughs> they were fine. That wasn't... Although one of them did staple another little person's head with like a piece of paper and at that point I was like you know what this isn't really for me <laughs> I gotta go but I got super drunk when I was watching this because um some guy he was like 50 years old I'm only 18 at the time ordered like a three gallon pourable pitcher thing of beer and they just kept I just kept going up there <laughs> like all night long and by the time they were uh, done wrestling, so we were in like a curtain area. We were like VIP through the back or something. And then uh, by the time we left, oh, I'm so sorry, my phone. Hold on, let me turn it off because it's probably okay, still. I'll stop recording this moment. There you go. We can go back into it in a few seconds. Okay. All right. So, uh, Towards the end, uh, the curtain unveiled, and then I walk out through this, like, neon club, and I'm like, wow, this is really pretty. Um, fireman poles, that's a weird choice of decoration. And so I'm walking, and then I notice there's a lot of, uh, like, topless women, and what? I realized I was at a strip club. <laughs> and I, I might have been 18, I might have only been 17 at the time, but that was, like, not the place I want to be, and there was just a lot of people. I mean, so it was. I, 
I find the I find the little people thing more disturbing than the strip club. Yeah, and then after that, we decided to go uh, ghost hunting in the cemetery, super drunk. And so we broke in, and we were like wandering around. We didn't see any ghosts, but mm. it was just kind of a I don't know. We just <laughs> we did things. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of weed that's grave that's grave <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm Did trying you... to think if there's any other crazier stories so oh so why why did any break into the graveyard it um... remains to be seen oh my god <laughs> yeah it's perfect huh Again, I'm a oh. very literal person. <laughs> so I was like, why did I? <laughs> I was being really critical. Remains to be seen. I know. So yeah. I just, I, just I got like... it now. <laughs> uh, what else happened? Oh, there's probably still clips of me on the internet being super drunk on stream. There's one specific time. Uh, I remember I was drinking a bunch of margaritas. And I like poured all Ew, my margaritas. margaritas. Yeah, they're nasty. Yeah, you, it's the worst choice to ruin your life with, you know. And they give you such a headache, too. But I poured it all into my Xbox and like ruined all of my computer equipment on live stream. <laughs> and it just like bleeped out and was black. One question, though. Why? Um... Why? why did I ruin it? Yeah, why did you pour it into your Xbox? Oh no, that was an accident. I thought uh, I was putting it like I thought I was setting it down, and it just like the the way you were telling it sounded very deliberate. Like oh yeah, and I had margaritas. <laughs> no, my Xbox was so thirsty or something. I was like, huh? <laughs> no. Hmm. So. I don't know how to turn my phone off. I just realized. You don't know how to turn your phone off. Mm -mm. Take your time. Take your time. No rush. Got it. Okay. Maybe it's, it's, a, it's uh, off for real this time. <laughs> I feel like I have to. Oh, let me think. I don't really have that much wild stories. Um, but uh, since you are sharing so much, maybe I should share some in return. Um, well, I mean, several times when I was a teenager. But I wasn't an alcoholic. I got so drunk that my parents had to pick me up at concerts. You know, the usual stuff like, oh, oh it's Bart again. You know, he's calling mommy. I don't know where I am. And I was in a ditch <laughs> and I was in a ditch somewhere. And I lost my identity card and I lost my oh, bi no. bicycle for some reason, you know. And so many times that my mom had to clean up vomit and stuff like that. Yep. But that's normal stuff, right? Normal teenage things. Well, my, I don't know, you know, as deep as I was into drugs and alcohol, I never had a situation where like, I wasn't able to take care of myself. Like I'm a strong, independent woman, even if I'm on drugs <laughs> and I never had like that. Like I'm in a ditch. Where am I? Hmm. That's kind of strange if you think about it. I mean, yeah doing all that stuff and I mean it's a good thing I guess yeah and I guess also I never like 
left the house when I did all of this stuff. Like I was always, mm -hmm. you know, like that's my number one rule. If I'm, if I was going to drink or do anything, like I'm staying home, uh, I'm not going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. You're the most glassy addicted person ever. If you think about it. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like very sophisticated usage of hard drugs. I don't know. <laughs> Well, uh, another one of the craziest things was uh, a neighbor that we had, his son came over, fell asleep on our couch. His mom was looking for him. What? And so... This part is already bizarre, by the way. It gets even worse. So mom's looking for him, wants to give him soup. I tell him, hey, you got to get out of my house. Your mom's trying to give you soup so you feel better. Someone came he... into your house randomly and fell asleep on the couch like. well we were partying with them oh like outside we were drinking and stuff i think it was oh. like another new year's situation uh, okay yeah and then um i just remember like the uncle came over or something and just had a bunch of cocaine like so much like i was like this is a dangerous situation <laughs> and uh we we told him you got to get out of the house and that's probably like the most i've ever seen in my life that was it was like a briefcase it was really crazy really scary situation Damn. i mean they were so nice but i was like you got to get out of my house Man. yeah and it's just wild like the different I don't know, like the people I spoke to that I would never probably in a million years actually talk to. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting to hear their own stories too. Of depravity. <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah. I feel a little bit vanilla compared to you. A little bit uh, sheltered, I guess. But uh, mm. That's good though. That means you're parents raised you correctly <laughs> i'm not sure about that that's an that's a uh, story for another podcast i think but, ah. uh, <laughs> yeah so um i guess the way if, if i'm just thinking about everything and reading the room a little bit seems like you covered most of it right is there anything yeah you you would want to add to this I think because uh, um, or, or something that you would like to ask me if you want only if you want to or oh what what's the thing with the moths the thing with the moths what I am um, I mean that's a very that's a broad question what's the thing with the moths yeah you you like moths oh why that's a, that's a long story though oh doom I mean um well, the thing is, one thing I should know, should point out is that um, from when I was very young, I was very obsessed with insects. Like, I mean, really obsessed with them. So one thing you should know is like, um, at some level, it wasn't really a conscious choice, I think. Um, why insects in particular? That's a good question. Okay, so this is a bit a bit of a multifaceted answer, right? And I don't like to throw around um, 
labels. But one thing I think that does tie into it is the fact that I have autism. I'm a huge artist, <laughs> right? And people who have autism, they tend to have what is called preoccupations, right? Like fixations. Yes, I like hyper fixations on uh, certain yeah. s- subjects that are like on obsessive level. Right. Another thing about moths is um, they seem relatively simple, but I don't think that they are simple. If you look deeper into them, uh, insects in general are actually very complex. Well, very yeah, sp- they're like little mechanical machines. <laughs> Yeah, in some way, you know, just just the way that like uh, insects are like butterflies and moths, how they produce their colors alone, it's extremely complex. Mm-hmm. Some species, they have these uh, scales on their wings and these scales have uh, ridges. They're called lamella. And the lamella, they, uh, there's a certain distance between the gaps. And this distance corresponds to a certain wavelength of color that gets captured and reflected back to the observer while it filters out all the other wavelengths. So if you're looking like at a, bu- oh. at a if you're looking at like a blue morpho butterfly, if you're thinking about it, like it's structural cor- 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 coloration. It's almost, it's nanotechnology if you think about it. And it goes way deeper than that because they use these colors to communicate with each other in really unknown and sophisticated ways. Yeah, like the... Uh... Well, let, let, me, let, 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 let me go a little bit deeper even because uh, so light is a particle in a wave, right? Um, you have photons and so these waves, right? Not every wave is the same. They have something called, um, it's called a polarization. So light, uh, the, the way uh, I guess the particle moves, it can have different orientations. Yeah. So um, for example, if you put on Polaroid glasses, it... Uh, it filters the polarization of, of, of so I don't know how exactly it works if you wear your Polaroid sunglasses, but it filters. Like colorblind people. Mm, no, but the, let's just say there's different kinds of light. There's polarized light and quote unquote unpolarized light. Although, uh, so I don't, I don't want to make it too complex, right? But it turns out that the light that they reflect back from their wings um, is also polarized by the butterflies and their eyes are sensitive to polarized light. So they, they, the reflection on the wings is almost this unique kind of light, I guess, that they reflect and can use to recognize oh, wow. each other. And the reason I'm telling this is this is just one example, right? This is just one example of the many things about insects that at the surface level, it looks so simple, like, oh, Blue butterfly, shiny, cool. Yeah. If you look deeper into it, in the how and the why, it is so complex. You know, it fascinates me. It's the beauty. Yeah. Uh, to me, they're very beautiful. You know, the colors, the sizes, the shapes that they can have are beautiful. But also, you know, the fact that you can look at them and you can just extrapolate things from them by, by just their appearance alone. Yeah. So it's they're kind of like um, they're they're kind of like a book that you can read that you can use to make uh, extrapolations about their environment, why they look certain ways, why they have certain colors, why they produce yeah. certain chemicals. So I guess it's the fact that um, I'm just a massive artist, 
plus the fact it's a very fun subject that you can delve into with a massive amount of complexity it never ends there's a lot yeah. of this there's so much to discover about it last but at least there, there's a way that you can use your interests to what i think is something good because environmentalism nowadays is a huge topic right it's very relevant to our society you know we have to save the climate but how many people really care and look deeper insects are super important for any terrestrial like 85 percent of all species of plants uh, are flowering plants angiosperms and most of them rely on insect pollinators so they're important they're being neglected they're complex. There's a lot you can discover about them, even as an amateur. What's not to like, right? Plus, I'm just a really obsessive person. So, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing with moths. <laughs> the thing with moths? That's yeah, the thing with moths. I, I just know, like, I don't kill insects. Because then I'm like, if I kill it, there's probably an insect mom or dad somewhere that's, like, waiting for them to come home. Mm, actually... I don't really care if people kill insects. Oh, honest. I do. <laughs> I'm huge on it. Like, even I, I caught a spider today this... in my house. All right. Are we going to talk about insects? <laughs> I can. <laughs> get ready, get ready. Because uh, it really <laughs> activates my brain. It really rustles my jimmies. But, uh... Yeah, no, because uh, <clears throat> I found you on entomology. Oh, and yeah. I've always Shout seen, out to like... entomology. <laughs> yeah they're awesome uh tardigang by yeah. the way <laughs> yeah but i saw all of your stuff on there and i was like uh and then i saw this post mm-hmm. i was like you know what that's an interesting person to talk to you and i i really don't mind sharing my whole story because i think it could be really helpful mm-hmm. for people who are kind of like looking to do self-discovery themselves Mm-hmm. who need to i think so i think you were a bit good at uh, sharing everything you know it's may- maybe a little bit awkward to share such personal stuff but i think you did very well excellently <laughs> twitch yeah. streamer level wait, wait. <laughs> oh um i don't know well i kind of want to drop my name but i kind of don't because it's like you don't have to no pressure you have the choice to do it now only if you want to I don't think it's... any any. I don't think you said anything uh, incriminating or that people would judge you for. Like, yeah, no. Plus, it's already everything's all handled hey, now. Anyway, you're, you're here smiling and laughing, right? Not uh, not being asleep on the stairs on the on the not podcast. being a degenerate. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um. If y'all are interested, it's Annie Ominous. A N I. Annie no, Annie. Annie with an N. Annie Ominous. Yeah. And that that was because uh I wanted to get on the internet, but I wanted to retain my um I wanted to be anonymous, but that name was already taken, so I just made like a female version of it. Mm, I'm anonymous. Annie Yeah, it makes sense. It kind of makes sense. I get it. It kinda, yeah. I, I was trying really hard, but that's all I could come up with. <laughs> yeah but maybe in the year 2023 20, or four or five or six i'll come back you never know <laughs> no, man, maybe a bit sooner than that who knows huh? yeah. Yeah. 
nice gaming PC. I mean, you have a good job. You don't need it for income, I guess. So there's that. No, it was just so fun. I liked meeting all the different people. Same for me. Yeah. I, mean, my... I just didn't want to like look at their faces. <laughs> yeah. That's scary. So Trust Twitch me. worked. <laughs> Trust me, you wouldn't want them watching your live stream if you know what your faces look like. So. <laughs> well, yeah, because you never. There were a lot of creeps. There were a lot of blocks oh, yeah. I had to do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Annie, your your smile is so nice. <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. No, it was more like people wanted me to sell feet pics because that's apparently a thing. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, say it again. People wanted to you too? No, they wanted me to sell pictures of my feet. So I just told everyone on there I have nubs and I never let them see my feet. <laughs> and I'd be like, what? They wanted block. to see your feet. Yeah, people are weird, man. It's the internet. Actually, this is very optophic, but I, I got an email once from um, a food fetishist, like very random. <laughs> and uh, People are into it. It's real. <laughs> and then I was really self-conscious because like, damn, so my videos, I'm walking around on my socks and, they're, they, <laughs> and their email was like, a, now it, it wasn't a bad email. It wasn't very invasive. It was just yeah. like, it was just something like, oh, you are very handsome and I like your videos. But then I looked at the email address and it was called like something like sweaty socks and feet six five. At, at, oh, at, at, they assumed you at, had sweaty at, feet. At, at gmail.com. <laughs> and I, I don't know, maybe it was maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe it was a very nice food fetishist who just wanted to say that I'm handsome, but I kind of make the connection between that email address, you know, and I don't know. I don't know. And any of that yeah, like whole. I, you, my audience can't see it, but I have holes in my socks here. I'm showing them on the oh, webcam. Yeah, he would have been way into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they, they, uh, the no one on the podcast can see this, by the way. So it's, it's <laughs> exclusively for you. You can woo, see woo. My, my food review. <laughs> no, they they were like, we'll pay you uh, anywhere between $100 and $1,000. And like you didn't do it? No, because they're my feet. <laughs> they're Dude, mine. You, you have no idea what I would do for a thousand dollars. I would show way more than my feet to be. Oh, by the way, maybe I shouldn't say that, but like, damn, I would have done You're it. You're gonna be getting all the DMs now. <laughs> yeah, it kind of depends. But like, if it was a, if if it was a thousand or even a hundred dollar, like it's just feet, you know. Maybe if I didn't have my daughter. But everything I do, like, on social media, you know, like, eventually she's going to be able to go back. Or if she has kids, they're going to be like, these are grandma's feet pick from the <laughs> year, <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. Family history, 300 years <laughs> later, you know? Yeah, like, uh, somebody will do that swab from ah, Ancestry.com and your, your find feet, feet Your pick. feet are nothing <laughs> to be ashamed of, you know? Let them free. No, they're... They're just feet. I don't know. I'm not into it. <laughs> Neither am I. Disclaimer, I'm not into feet. By the way, <laughs> here's okay. Here's a very random fun fact. We're going off topic as hell, but I don't care. Do you know <laughs> Do you know why feet fetishes are so common? No, why? So um, every part of your body, right? It has, a, I guess, a sensory 
there's a sensory part of it if you touch your legs if you touch your hands oh your thighs. is that why yes but so the part of your brain that is responsible for the i guess the sensory part of your genitals yeah i know i'm dropping a bombshell here genital bombshell dropped and, <laughs> and the sensory part of your brain that uh, is responsible for feeling your feet yeah they are very close together so there's one area in your brain so basically okay so this is okay when somebody touches your genitals and when somebody touches your feet <laughs> the part the part of your brain that is processing those things you know those sensations they are very close together and that makes it easy for there to be a connection between these regions oh. so yeah so so i basically um so <clears throat> There's some parts of your body that are like erogenous to most people, right? Like yeah. necks, necks and thighs and whatever. And like, I don't want to turn it into a sex podcast, but <laughs> those those are tend to be the parts that are in your brain region, like neurologically closer yeah. closer to the part of your brain that is responsible for the touch and feeling in your genital regions. And your feet, huh. your feet are very close to that in your brain. So that's why. So many people, almost everyone except me, of course, has a foot. And me, I am not. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, hey! <laughs> you know what? I'm actually jealous of these people. You know, like um, you could go to the beach and have the best day of your life. You know, it's kind of easy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. True. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know, man. Feet are just. I just think they look weird. And I would, I would just spend all day like in a in some kind of shoe store or something, you know. Best day of your life. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like bring you some, have to bring some hand lotion. You know, <laughs> just a kidding. couple of socks. <laughs> yeah. mm. God, it did turn into a sex podcast. What happened? Uh, not yet, not yet. But um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I feel like I can make money other ways <laughs> is the so. conclusion of that. Mm. I think so. Well, we have six minutes left, but um, I feel like, I feel like we did. We got most of it out of our system. Didn't yeah. we? Okay. Wanna, wanna fill the remaining six minutes with something? If, if you're free to throw any questions at me or um... now is your chance. Shoot your Are shot. you an admin in entomology? No, 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 not at all. In fact, oh, I, you just did. I was, in fact, I was even, <clears throat> I was almost banned a few times because my my <laughs> my posts were becoming too risky. Actually, I haven't really been active there lately. Maybe I should be. Um, a few, at least a few years ago, when I started posting there, I posted some really over the top things you know that shocked people yeah they... i saw i was there <laughs> oh my god yeah so and uh, for, for a short time the page went kind of crazy with it but the, the thing that i do is sometimes i know i, I have like these weird manic faces where i just want to post all day oh god me too it's when, so much fun <laughs> and, and, but when i get it out of my system i have a habit of kind of disappearing you know once in a while but now i'm not an admin uh, i don't own the page um some of the admins like me some of them hate me i think they're divided on this but uh yeah 
So yeah, I don't own it. I just just do my own thing. I have my own YouTube channel and stuff. Um, yeah, I think I've seen a couple of the videos. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool, though. Yeah, it's it's. I make tend to make very obscure stuff like a three-hour video about one moth species. It's not for everyone, I think. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's mo most of it is not as quirky as what you see on Facebook, you know. Maybe I should be. Maybe I should make some weird quirky stuff because this is what people like. For me, it's just a way to release my infinite amount of energy. You've seen what happens if yeah. you ask you what well, if you ask me a question about moths, right? And I just go into overdrive. <laughs> I'm, yeah but that's cool though because like you know your thing that's the energy right? that's the energy i need to release you know it's like it's like a volcano it has like outbursts all right i see we have uh, four minutes left uh maybe i should thank you for being on my podcast first of all um of course i hope you uh i want to end it on a note i don't know what's the takeaway from your story don't Take do away. drugs kids don't, no no <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> mm, my takeaway is that uh, at least you are a talented person, I think. You're right. You have many talents. You have many interests. And I think, I don't know, it just feels like at some point in your life, to me, it feels like you were just denied compassion at some point when you needed it. That's what it feels like to me. Because, yeah. you know, and that's, that's a shame. That's a shame because you're a nice person, right? I think we can oh, both. Thank you. We can both. <laughs> we can both agree on that, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Embrace it. I think you are. So it's a it's a shame, you know, if someone like you was, I guess, I don't know, some way felt to made to feel better about themselves in some way. Yeah. And it's, but it's, it gets it's, better. It's, it's not the things that you have in life, you know, your material possessions that make you you. You know, it's it's nice to say I recovered from all of this. Now I have a job. Now I have a good house. Now I'm a better person. I don't think you were ever a worse person. I think you were always a good person. And maybe you just need someone to recognize that. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, I could agree with that. I don't, you don't strike me as someone who has, you know, you, the way you tell your stories, you, it's almost as if you feel like at some point of your life, you are worthy of judgment. I really don't think so. I think you really just, you know, you just need to be seen a little bit for what you really are. That's what I think. And maybe that's yeah. what you, that's what you did today. Yeah. And uh, I will probably always be partially critical of that time, but just because it helps me not go back to it. No, it's fine to be critical of it. I think there, there's plenty to be critical of, but not not, not like you on an existential level, you know? Right. Yeah. Like there's uh, most of it was, a lot of it was out of your control. And I don't think to a large extent you can take accountability for it. But even if you take accountability for it, it seems like in every situation you never hurt anyone else, really. Yeah, maybe you made yeah. at some point what you can call poor decisions. But I don't think most people in your situation would have made better decisions. So you just you just tried what you had to to survive. And none of the yeah. things that you did uh, made you at any point a bad person. So well thank you. I hope you can hope you can uh, you know 
Hope you can keep that thought in mind. And on that note, we should end it because we have 50 seconds left. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for yours. <laughs> Goodbye. Perhaps, perhaps until next time. Ciao, ciao. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Whew. That was a long but interesting conversation, ladies and gentlemen. Hmm. Annie, can I call you Annie? This is my nickname for you. Um, I guess it's a reference to your Twitch username. Annie, you left the podcast today, but you left me thinking about your conversation while I'm ending the episode. And what I would like to tell you is that um, I hope that people ultimately will see you for the person that you are. And I mean that in a positive way. This may be a total conjecture. I am not Dr. Phil. I'm not a psychologist. I may be entirely wrong here. But in a way, you gave me the impression of a person that at some level just wanted at some point in her life to be seen and not judged. You know, you want to be seen, but you don't want to be judged. And I think that's possible because despite the fact that the things that you shared today were highly personal, and I guess many of them can be spun in a negative way, it doesn't feel like you are worthy of any judgment. By the way, not that I am the one here that should be dis dishing out judgment or telling who should deserve judgment and who shouldn't. But at the same time, I think it's hard to be seen in a world where people are judgmental. And that's a shame. I don't think I am able to fully know a person from podcasting with them for a few hours. It's just a quick impression, a fleeting moment. But I do have the feeling that Annie is... Uh, she is a person that deserves to be seen for who she is. And to me, she seemed kind and open and funny and those are qualities that we should use to judge people you know not not their not their socioeconomic circumstances not substance abuse not not any mental disorders those are the things that we use to judge people and that's what sucks in my opinion so yeah hope that isn't too much of a conjecture that i'm making here but that's what I'm feeling after talking to you. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? That's what I feel. So, and I hope other people can recognize the things that I recognize in you, which are positive. Because I think that the, at least the positive things about you, they seem very obvious. And... They're worth showing off to the world. Don't hide them because you're afraid that people may see the wrong things in you. Thank you for being here on the podcast. This was Bart Coppens with his brand new podcast. It is called the Rodo Pneuma Podcast. Um, let me ask you some questions that people have asked me about the podcast itself. So most people know me as a person who is a YouTuber who makes content about insects. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. And people ask me, is this a side project? Is this a side gig? For how long will the podcast continue? Well, my answer to that is 
that depends on how much interest there is. That depends on how much views I get. The most difficult thing about starting a new um, social media project is trying to get your first viewers, your first followers, your first subscribers. And that's true in life, isn't it? It doesn't matter if you're an artist. It doesn't matter if you're a painter. Getting the first people to listen to your music, getting the first person to buy one of your paintings or sculptures, that's the hardest part. If you already have an audience, from that point it becomes easier because everything you publish, people are going to look at it because you established an audience for it. And from there it will grow from a tiny seed into a big flower. So my idea is I am going to try and make let's say 10 to 15 episodes of this podcast. And while I'm making the first episodes, the first season, I'm not going to worry about performance. But once I have uploaded everything, and I mean everything, then I'm going to crunch the numbers. I'm going to take a closer look. Is there interest in this podcast? Do people like it? Do people want me to continue? Is there a fan base for this? And then I will make the decision to stop or to continue. Now, so far, there has been a very healthy amount of interest. I had many people reach out to me with stories. So my first goal is to try and make 10 to 15 episodes and call it the first season of the podcast. And when I finish doing that, then I will take a break and evaluate how the project is doing. But you can help. You can ensure the survival of this podcast. How? It's very simple. Share it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with your co-workers. Share it with the Discord group that you are in. Post it on Reddit. Post it on Facebook groups. Post it on any social media group or community that you are active in. Because the future of this podcast will be determined by how much interest there is, how much listeners I have. I like podcasting. It's very fun. It's amazing to listen to people's experiences. But we need to have an audience. Now, some people have also asked me, what does the name mean? Well, the name of the podcast is the Rodo Pneuma podcast. And this is the name of not only one of my favorite insects, which is called the pink spirit moth, a species from Asia. It's beautiful. It's a very, very pink, yellowish insect with, you know, the pink is very bright. And its scientific name, Actias rhodopneuma. The rhodopneuma part comes from rhodon, which means rose or rose-colored, and pneumos, which in Greek means breath, spirit, or wind. So literally translated, it means um, a rose-colored spirit. Now, I think that's one of the most poetic things I've ever heard in my life, a rose-colored spirit, a pink spirit. And the way I see it is humans have a pink spirit. Humans have a rose-colored spirit. It kind of rem reminds me of like um, rose-tinted glasses, right? You know, when you put on pink glasses, that means that you see positive things in the world. You're looking through a lens of optimism. And I think that's what people have. People have a rose-colored spirit. Most of us do. I certainly have. Looking at the positive things despite adversity. Third of all, 
everyone and their mother and their dog and their baby has a podcast nowadays. Podcasting is amazingly popular and any name I tried to come up with was taken. But I did some research and the Rodo Pneuma podcast was a unique name. So it's a combination of three things. Thing number one, it's a personal reference to one of my favorite animals. Thing number two, it kind of has a po poetic and at some level maybe even spiritual meaning that you can relate back to people's life experiences on this podcast. And number three, it's unique. It will cause people to find me. Because there's a million people who have already have things like the Life Experience Podcast or the True Stories Podcast. If you choose a name like that, you're going to compete with a million other podcasts. Last but not least, people ask me, uh, will the podcast at some point be monetized? Will I think about monetization? The answer is to me right now is not a priority. Let me give you some advice to any uh, wannabe influencers out there who are trying to find their way on social media. My advice is don't try to monetize something before you have an audience. Don't start a YouTube channel and immediately think about monetizing it. Don't start a website and immediately think about monetizing it. Focus on finding an audience first and only monetize it after you have an audience. So we are currently in the stage where we are still building an audience. Down the line, I will think about crowdfunding and maybe ways to support the show. Because let's be honest, it does cost resources, time and money to do podcasting. It costs money to host the podcast on some platforms. And maybe down the line, I want to buy a subscription to services like Zoom or get a better microphone and making an income from it. That would definitely help. But that's not the point that we're at. So if you want to help the podcast and support the show right now, don't think about money. Think about sharing, you know, download it, play it in your car, play it in the train, show it to other people. If you know anyone with similar experiences, please share, share it with the world. That's what we really need right now. We need to be shared, spread it on the internet. And based on that, the podcast can become successful, but it depends, I guess, on my first few viewers, because those are the most important. They will make it or break it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening today. If you have any feedback, suggestions, please send me a message. If you have an interesting or unusual life story yourself that you would like to share in your podcast and you are comfortable with doing that, please reach out to me. And there's a chance that I will cover your story. Then you can get your story out to the, to the world and maybe positively influence people who are going through the same thing. Not everything has to be dark. I know I interview a lot of people who talk about abuse, mental health issues, uh, substance abuse. It doesn't have to be dark. It can be lighthearted as long as it's unusual and interesting. It can be something like, oh, I won the lottery or... I grew up in a boat or anything weird. Maybe you're an astronaut. Maybe you have something really weird that you experienced or have seen. And then we could cover it too in the podcast. But I'm also very willing to shed light on darker stories, which are important and deserve to be seen and deserve to be talked about. Because if we hide these issues away, if, these, if we swipe them under the carpet, 
I don't think society is ever going to improve because we also need to be open about the day-to-day experiences that many people have. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you in the next episode, which I will be working on again pretty soon. Bye-bye.